Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Today we're going to be talking about bids for connection. But before we jump into that, we'd love to ask you, if you aren't already a part of our Facebook group, please go and join. And if you already are, we would love for you to go ahead and invite other people that you think might benefit from some of the information that we're sharing. All right, let's get into today's episode with bids for connection. So this idea originally comes from John Gottman. And a bid for connection is any attempt from one partner to another for attention, affirmation, affection, or any other positive connection. And these could be spoken or unspoken bids. And with these bids, they can be more overt or covert. They can be things that we very clearly understand as a bid or some things that we wouldn't normally categorize as a bid for attention. And so this is something we did actually just before we got on the air today. I had seen a funny TikTok video. I sent it to Ruth. And then we sat there and watched it together and we laughed together and enjoyed it. And that was an unspoken bid that I had where I was thinking of her, this TikTok related to our family. And so I sent it to her and it was an opportunity for her to either turn towards, turn away, or possibly even turn against. And in this moment, she turned towards me. We sat there, we watched it, we laughed together because it was very funny. It was very relevant to us. And that was an example of a silent bid where I didn't say anything. I just sent her this video. And she either could have responded to it or she could have ignored it. But she didn't even just watch it on her own time, but she laid next to me on the bed. She pulled up the video and then we watched it together. Yeah, that was such a perfect video that was so applicable to our lives. So it definitely made me laugh, but it did make me feel more connected because by him even sending that to me, it made me feel like he knows me and he sees me. And some other examples of unspoken bids could be physical touch, right? Me putting my arm on his leg or him putting his arm around me. Maybe him winking at me, even smiling at each other. That's a bid for connection. Now, the other category, a spoken bid, might be something like this. It's not necessarily clear like, hey, I want to connect with you, but it could be something along the lines of, hey, how was your day? And a lot of times when somebody asks you how your day was, some people will just look at that and view it as they just want information. But a lot of times what that is, is it's a spoken bid that's not necessarily clearly defined, but they're asking for this time to talk, to connect. Your partner doesn't necessarily just want information from you about how the day was, but they're taking time to try and connect with you through the question of how was your day. Right. That's a really important thing to understand is that bids usually have a secondary layer. So it's something that sometimes you really have to read between the lines. Sometimes we can get so caught up in, well, you didn't say that. That's not what you said. But really knowing your partner and wanting to meet their needs sometimes means reading between the lines, right? And figuring out what is the true need beneath this. And a lot of times, as far as bid for connection, that's their need is they want to connect. They want to be affectionate. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. In all of that, they want to connect. And I think a lot of times people have this misconception about relationships, and this is what puts people in a difficult spot a lot of times, is that they view their relationship as a relatively stagnant thing, meaning that it's not going to have much change throughout the course of the relationship. But realistically, it's more like your body. Your body needs constant inputs to keep it going. And so if you're not constantly breathing, if you're not regularly eating, if you're not regularly drinking water, then your body starts to break down and not operate in the most appropriate way that it should be. 
in your relationship, not only with your significant other, but with your friends or with your kids, it's kind of the same idea. If you're not regularly having inputs into it, your relationships are slowly going to be decaying and not operating in the way that they should be. So these little bids, they can seem insignificant, but they definitely build up either in a beneficial way or in a negative way over the course of time. And so being able to identify, recognize, and then respond to these bids is a very important part of having a healthy, long-lasting relationship. Right. This goes back to that idea of having a love bank, where if you're inputting and depositing things consistently, that'll add to your bank. Even if there are some withdrawals and there's some arguments or difficulties that you guys go through, if you are consistently adding to that bank, you have a good rainy day fund that allows room for things like that when you do have an argument to have some withdrawals but still have stuff in there. And so I think a lot of times what we see in relationships are where relationships are slowly going downhill and maybe nothing bad happened. There was no specific offense. So it's not that you did something. The big problem is that you didn't do something. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, that there's going to be bids for connection in your marriage. And you have the opportunity to respond well and add things to your love bank. But by not doing anything, that's automatically withdrawing. And not only that, but if you don't do something when your partner sets out a bid, they're going to take that personally. It's going to hurt their feelings, even if you didn't have that as a part of your intent. So let's talk about what are the three responses to bids of connection. The first response is to turn away. And this simply means that you're ignoring their bid or you're not responding to it, which this is that idea of, I didn't do anything wrong. And so I always tell people, having a healthy relationship is not just cutting out the bad, but you have to put in the positive and the good. And so in these situations, when you have that bid and then you don't respond to that bid, then you're not putting in anything good in that situation and scenario. And again, your partner is going to take away a little bit of negative from that. They're going to feel a little bit like they're not important, like they're not valued. Again, that may not be the message that you're trying to send. You may be busy. There may be a high priority that you're working on. But those little bids and not responding to those little bids does come with a little bit of rejection. Whether you want it to or not, that is the way that it goes and the way that it operates. Now, your partner may be gracious with you and you may not even know that they feel a sense of rejection when that happens, but they do. And so just like I said earlier, when I sent that TikTok to Ruth, if I had sent it to her and she had never said anything or never watched that TikTok, right, is it going to devastate me? No. But would it make me feel a little bit like she didn't care about something? Yeah. Actually, for a little while, I don't know how it happened, but I think my notifications were off for you on our text messages. And so almost all the time, you're like, Tim, did you get that text? I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't get that text. And even though it was just a mishap, that's going to negatively affect how she feels when she's sending out a text or looking for a response. So it's a bid for attention or to connect. And then I'm just not responding or not noticing it. It's going to make her feel less valued or less valuable, even though literally I had no intent behind it. There's just some mishap that caused her notifications on my phone to be silenced. And so I was just getting nothing. I was like, what is going on here? She's always asking me, did you respond to this? Did you see that? What's going on? And I had no idea, but that's still going to leave a little bit of a negative effect on her, even though there's no ill intent at all. Oh, totally. His notifications were off, but I had no idea that that's what it was. And I had sent some not important texts to him, but then there are a couple of times where I needed responses and he wasn't responding. And so that was an opportunity and I could have easily gotten frustrated and just assumed that he was ignoring me or he didn't find what I had to say important. 
but all I had to do was to give him the benefit of doubt and to clarify, hey, are you getting my text messages? And so that conversation in and of itself could have had a negative impact on our relationship based on how we approached it. But choosing to give him the benefit of the doubt and then just clarifying, hey, you're getting my text messages. And that was the end of that. And I think that goes back to one of the episodes we did on cognitive distortions. Instead of just reading his mind and assuming this is what he meant, giving him that benefit of doubt. And so when we talk about turning away, there are lots of ways that this can look like. So it could be where you're not really fully paying attention to them. And I say, oh, Tim, this happened to me today. And he says, oh, uh uh-huh. And then I keep talking and then I say something else about it. And he says, oh, uh uh-huh. And I kind of see that faraway look in his eye. And a lot of times I'll just ask him, hey, are you listening? But that's an example of having this preoccupied response where you're not fully paying attention, but you hear them talking and you're still responding to them. Oh, for sure. And sometimes you feel rude if you ask somebody to wait, like, hey, hold on, let me finish what I was doing and then I'll listen. But realistically, if you just do that to just kind of placate them, you're not really serving yourself or your partner at all. And so there's been times where I have said, hey, can you hold on just a second? Let me finish this. And actually, you've responded really well to that. You're like, oh, thank you for letting me know. Because then she knows that when I'm done with whatever I was doing, that now I put that down and I pay attention to her and she's got full ears from me, not just kind of this half listening behavior. Yeah. And you know when your partner is fully listening to you. So it's not something that you're just going to get away with. But when that happens often enough, or it's a consistent pattern or behavior, then it begins to cause your spouse to think, am I important? Right? And it makes them question. Because if you're constantly trying to connect with them, and they are not fully paying attention, they're preoccupied, then that's turning away from their bid for connection. And again, when we're thinking about these concepts and these ideas, it's always good to understand that We as human beings are constantly reevaluating our situation and our relationships. And so it can feel to some people like having to respond to people's bid for attention and connection that it's needy, but this is just how human beings are. They are constantly analyzing, looking for the situation to change or be different. And they're looking for cues that say, I'm either safe, valued, and validated, or I'm unsafe, I'm in danger, and there's concern here. And when you're doing these things, You're either building your partner up towards feeling that sense of security, or you're putting them in a position where they feel less secure. Oh, for sure. And think about early on when you were dating, how did you respond to their text messages? How quickly? How did you respond to them sharing some information with you? You probably weren't just placating them, but you were probably very focused and interested and wanting to show them that they're important to you. And so another example of turning away would be interrupting where maybe someone's about to tell you something about their day and you totally change the subject and you say, hey, did you remember to do this? Or they're trying to tell you something about your child. Hey, so-and-so did this today. Did you go to the bank like I asked you to? And so it's totally turning away and disregarding or ignoring what they're saying and their bid for connection. And another good example of this that actually Tim realized while we were talking about this episode was The same idea of this interrupted response can also be when I interrupt the conversation to go take care of the kids or do something else, right? How often does that happen amongst parents in general where you're talking to a spouse and then your child interrupts where you have to go address something where sometimes it's absolutely necessary. But either way, 
it makes the partner feel not important or feel not fully focused on because their bid for connection was interrupted. And actually, it's very funny because this is a little bit of an atypical situation because it's not me bidding for your connection. It's you starting off bidding me for connection. And then partway through, after I've stopped what I'm doing, I'm paying attention to you, you get distracted by something. Either it's the kids or you realize, oh, I got to respond to this text message or something like that. And so I have responded to your bid to connect, but then you stop that bid partway through because you got distracted by something. And that kind of frustrates me sometimes where it's like, oh, I was stopping to connect with you and then you stopped connecting with me to do something else. Oh, for sure. And I can totally see that. And I'm sorry about that because that does happen often where I can see you intentionally responding, but then now I'm the one turning away from your response. And realistically, there are times where we do have to stop and we have to take care of things. But for the most part, this happens probably more often than I'd like to admit, which shows that they're not in crisis moments. They're just daily things that are happening. But I appreciate you even sharing this because it helps me to recognize that there is an impact on you and in our relationship and in our connection when I do that so often. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. And I think even right here, this is a good example of when I shared this with you, this was another bid for a connection for me to share something that's going on. And in this situation, you responded well to that and you turned towards me. You didn't get defensive or angry. You were like, okay, yeah, I understand. I can see this. And then that's turning towards me and that's making me feel more connected through that sharing. Because when you're going through these things, I think too, it's very easy for these conversations to turn south really fast. But understanding, like, what is the underlying motivation behind my partner? Are they saying these things to hurt me? Or are they saying these things to help set us up better in the future so that we can connect better? And again, if we go back to this idea of assuming positive intent from our partner, then we should be coming to the conclusion is when our partner is sharing something with us, even though it might hurt our feelings, if their intent is good, they're trying to push us into a better direction, even if in the moment it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and this is a really good example of it doesn't matter what my intention was. If it's something that affected you negatively, it's important for me to acknowledge it and to recognize that and want to change that for the future. Because I think it'd be really easy to get defensive, like you said, and say, well, the kids need me or somebody needs to answer the kids, which leads us into the next response to a bid for connection, which is turning against. And so in that moment, instead of turning against you and justifying why I needed to do this, it's important for me to acknowledge, oh man, I didn't realize that every time I'm doing this, I really am turning away. After you've chosen to connect with me and you intentionally responded positively to my bid for connection. And so this response of turning against is more of an obvious one because it is a little more aggressive and it's a lot clearer that it's happening. So turning away is more just kind of ignoring or not responding to the bids for a connection, but turning against is just what it sounds like. Now it's more of an enemy type interaction where now you're not just ignoring, but now you're kind of more attacking or demeaning the other person's bid for a connection. And you may have good reasons as to why you're not connecting, but again, those reasons are going to be coming across as attacking to your partner, right? I'm just too busy, or I can't handle this right now, or something along those lines where you're really directly poking at your partner's bid to connect with you, and you're trying to explain to them why it's wrong that they're trying to connect with you. And that's really going to shut down and drain the bank account much more quickly when that happens 
because now they're not just inferring that they're not important. You're basically telling them they're not important enough for your time right now. Right. Unlike turning away responses, turning against responses has that bite to it or that jab to it where it says your attention and your need for a connection makes me angry or isn't important. Yeah. And so this would be akin to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This would be akin to contempt. And so these would be more almost contemptuous type attacks on your partner that really kind of demean and put them down. And again, your intent may be trying to explain why you don't have the time right now, but mostly that's how it's going to be interpreted. And one of the things I always like to tell people is that facts don't fix feelings. Meaning if you tell somebody a fact, it's not going to necessarily make them feel better. It's not going to solve their problem. And if it would solve the problem, psychology wouldn't be a thing. You just tell people a fact and then it would fix how they felt and then it'd all be done and over and easy. But unfortunately, it's not that simple. So the last response to bid for connections, and this is one we want to see you do, and we kind of alluded to it throughout the episode, but it's turning toward. So we have turning away, turning against, and now turning toward. And this is the one that's going to deposit into your love bank instead of taking away. And so these are responding to the bid for connection in a positive way. And it doesn't even mean that you're dropping everything you're doing and doing what they ask, but it simply means that you are responding to their bid for connection. So say they ask you to play a game or go to dinner. And if you really can't do it right now, you can still turn toward and respond to that in a positive way and say, hey, I would love to do that, but I can't right now. Can we make a plan to do this at 7 o'clock? Where you're not turning away from them and ignoring them, where you're not turning against and saying, I don't have time for this, but you're turning toward and saying, hey, I don't have time right now. I love you and I want to do this, so let's make a plan. So it doesn't mean that you're dropping everything. It simply means you're acknowledging their request. You're acknowledging their bid for connection and responding to it positively. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times what happens is when somebody is trying to connect with you, but now is not an appropriate time, it's good to set up a different time to do that connection or to stop and talk about that thing. So we talked about it earlier where if I'm in the middle of something and then you have a bid to connect, but I'm not ready yet, I need to finish what I'm doing. I can ask you, hey, can I finish this? And then can we talk about that? So you can schedule that out a little bit or, hey, I want us to spend more time together. Well, we might not be able to do it now, but hey, let's put it on the calendar. Let's set up a date night or something along those lines. And one of the things I think is important, especially when we're doing these bids to connect, it's not necessarily that your partner is demanding or needs it now, but if you set up specific timeframes or guidelines along with that, if you have a plan, that that oftentimes will satiate them in that moment, as long as later when you have planned to do that thing, you follow through on it. And so date nights is a big important thing that people should be doing where they're spending time with their spouse. Or another thing might be intimate relations and things like that, spending time with them in that way. And if you can't do it now, setting up a time when we can do it, when it is okay, when we are going to be on the same page with it. And being able to communicate and to be able to set up a schedule or a time for things so that our partner can know this is going to happen. I don't have to worry about it. Most of the time, these bids are going to be really small things like just momentary needs for your attention or to connect, but then also setting up those larger plans to make sure that we are taking care of our relationship and make sure we're doing those inputs to make it healthy. And you'll be surprised how much this can change your relationship in consistently turning toward your spouse. 
Because by just turning toward and allowing your spouse to know, hey, I see you, I love you, I'm here for you, I want to connect with you, that's what marriage is about. You're in this because you want to connect, because this is the person that you chose and that you love. Or at least for most people, that's where you started off at. And even if you didn't, you can certainly work toward that. And so it really is important to look for any opportunity where they are bidding for connection, where you begin to turn toward them. All right, we're going to go ahead and stop there. And what we're going to do in the next episode is we're going to talk through some scenarios of what turning away, turning against, and turning toward looks like in more of a practical light. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.